up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globe-trotting boss babe me was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama Stay with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the mommy collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. Hey, mamas. Welcome to Mama Stay with Tanika Ray. We are smack dab in the middle of summer, and I hope y'all are summering like nobody's business. So the question is, are we outside? I'm outside. And I realized that when I really have a great time, I'm not taking pictures. I'm not trying to document it so that I can post it on my social media. I just had one of those weekends where I am really trying to be intentional about everything that I'm doing with my daughter because we had a really rough patch. Every single year around her birthday, she gets a little cray. She gets a little, I don't know, a little too sassy for my taste. She gets a little experimental with her boundaries. Yeah. Like, mama, I said, excuse you? You know, I just think it's natural for kids to explore their boundaries. And each year that they grow a little older, they try to see where that boundary line is. And so they do it. They pop off. They snap a little bit too much. And you have to remind them, no, no, sis. Oh, no, no, bruh. (laughs) That's too far. And so it's always a little complicated around her birthday, but I'm really happy to announce that we made it y'all and we still really love each other and we remind each other every single day, though there was a lot of friction, though I threatened to cancel her birthday party probably 55 times, we came out on the other side in the land of an eight-year-old with her being more respectful with her saying thank you, with her asking permission, with her cleaning up her plate after she eats. So though it was rough waters there for a while, while we were crossing the bridge from seven to eight, we made it through and I'm literally breathing a sigh of relief. Yes, I am. Each time we go through a growing pain storm, I cry in a corner. I feel hopeless. I feel like I'm the worst mother in the world. I feel like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And then I dig in. I connect with her. I slow down. I breathe. I ask her what she needs. I explain myself with more clarity. Because what kids do when they don't understand is they keep testing you. So even though it is exhausting to have to explain something in all of the details, sometimes all those details supply you with relief. Because if they have all the details, especially if they're a smart kid, 
they can put those pieces of the puzzle together and it satisfies them and they move on. And so I'm very grateful that my daughter is a very curious daughter who, when is given details of why she can't do something. And I mean, because if you do this, then that's going to lead to this. And that can possibly be dangerous because of this. And then you can possibly hurt yourself because of this. Like she wants every single scenario spelled out. And then once I spell it out, she takes it in. Okay, mommy. And we're done. But you know, it's an entire book to get there. And it feels like success. (laughs) I wanted to bring a mom onto this pod this week because there's a lot of things going on in our atmosphere. We all know this, the world's on fire, blah, blah, blah. Beyonce releases this song and she's like, release your job, release your... And we're all thinking, is Beyonce telling us to quit our jobs? But when it comes down to it, we really are going through this paradigm shift where the way we made money before will not be the way we make money in the future. It's become more and more clear that you've got to get out of being an employee and become an employer. Be your own boss. And nobody is doing that more successfully than women. Women are realizing, huh, I can have the freedom to be home, work from my computer, and raise my kids. That is the combination that works for me. Women are truly empowering themselves by changing their title to boss. So I wanted to bring a boss on today to inspire all of us. She started her multi-million dollar business with just $100 from her savings account. And she did all of this navigating a world that is so near and dear to my heart. Hair. The natural hair industry has boomed since I started wearing my hair natural in 2003. And I love how she got there. She had no experience being a chemist. She had no experience mixing potions for her hair. She just had a love for it. She got in her kitchen and she created an incredible line called Alake Naturals. Yeah, you've seen it. It's everywhere. Please welcome to the mic, Rochelle Graham Campbell, the founder and president of Alake Naturals. So nice to meet you. Pleasure to meet you too. It's crazy. Reading your bio is like, what? (laughs) What? You have to break it down real quick for people who are just now getting to know who you are. So in a nutshell, you're in college. Yes. You are running a very successful YouTube page. Yes. It was born out of what? Why did you want to do this YouTube page? So my YouTube channel was born out of the necessity of me wanting to connect with other women who were on their natural hair journey as well. So the interesting part is at the time, so I did my big chop. It was actually spontaneous. My husband and I went to lunch with my mom and he was obsessed with how my mom's hair looked. And she literally had just cut all her hair off. And he looked at me and he was like, babe, does your hair look like that? And I had not seen my natural hair in since I was a child and I had micro braids in, I kid you not, my hubby went to bed. He took a quick like daytime nap. He woke up and I was bald. I went in the bathroom. That's just my personalities. Like you put something in me and I'm like, oh my gosh, 
you're right. I haven't seen my hair and I could not stop thinking about it on the drive home. So I just chopped, I cut my micro braids out at the root and he woke up and I had an inch of hair and I was like, I'm natural. And that was it. And what was so crazy is, and I laugh with my mom all the time. I'm like, who knew that my mom making that decision would literally change the trajectory of my entire life? Because had I not gone natural, I would have not created this natural brand and empire solution for the world. So, but yeah, so I big chopped, it was spontaneous. And then I was like, okay, so now let me figure out how do I like take care of this? Like what styles can I do? I only had an inch, but still I was so fascinated with every coil, every curl. And so I started to like, look at college. Yes. Some people were natural, but just not as many. Wait, where did you go to college and what years are we talking? I went and did my big chop in 2009, 2009, I believe. And I went to USF, so I'm a bull. (laughs) But there was a website, I still to this day don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. It was called Fotki or Fotki, but it was F-O-T-K-I. And back in the day, that website, it was supposed to be a platform where you upload your photos, create albums, and then you print them with that company. But yeah, so Us Naturally says that's actually where the online natural hair community started. It wasn't on YouTube. We started on Fotki. So on that website, there were all of these women who would literally, you would go to their profile and they would just have different albums of our hair. So we would show like each big chop. We would show when we're doing twists, you would just have to take a picture of every step. And that's how we did tutorials for each other. And before you knew it, it was like I was connecting with women around the world. And to be honest, this may be so cliche, but it felt like I had finally found my sisterhood and tribe because growing up, I've just never really fit in specifically in any certain group. And so these women, I was like, oh my gosh, like we have the same passions. We have the same insecurities. We're trying to fall in love with our hair while also navigating the opinions of our friends, our family, our spouses. It's like we just huddled around each other and we loved on each other. And then how we got to YouTube was I started to build a following on that page because I'm an, I'm a sharer. Like I learned something I want to share. And someone said, oh my God, Rochelle, like, can you do this tutorial on YouTube? And I was like, what is a YouTube? So once I figured out what YouTube was, I had like this cyber shot Canon red camera and I went into my bathroom. I Listen, my husband and I didn't have money for a tripod or any of that. I used for years paper towels and toilet paper, and that was my tripod. And I recorded my first video and I put it up and I posted on Fotkey and I said, hey, y'all, I created a name like Black Onyx 77. I'm the same name over there. The video is up. And that was it. Once people started to sign up and comment and they were like, Rochelle, show us how to do a puff show us how to comb it without pulling our hair out. And so I just started creating videos. And to be honest, my first 400 videos on YouTube were free. Google didn't pay me for any of those 400. So those were just me wanting to share my knowledge with other women and other black women who were on this journey. And before you knew it, I guess I was called a YouTuber because influencers, we didn't exist back then, but I was one of the first six natural hair YouTubers. And I'm the only one still standing. Wow. Yeah. There were six of us. And it was so, it's so cool. Cause if you go on YouTube now and Google natural hair 
and 2008, 2009, you're only going to find me and the five other girls. No one else was before us. And I'm the only one that's still here, which is so crazy. 13, 13 years later. But that was it. It wasn't about being famous or popular. It was just about connecting and helping others. And before you knew it, I had this, this channel. And then I was like, crap. I've been natural now for a year and I had colored my hair six times in that year because no one taught me. Yeah, girl, six. Because <laughs> no one taught me that natural hair is not susceptible to damage. It doesn't mean that because you're not putting chemicals as relaxers means that now our hair is just a super strength. So I decided to just like go on YouTube. And back then you could only record videos up to seven minutes long. So if you do go back and watch any of my videos, you'll see it's part one point, part two point, part three. And I chopped my hair off live on YouTube. I was one of the first live big choppers. I literally just turned the camera on and just started cutting. And I made a promise to myself. I was like, you know what? I'm doing this chop. It's a second time. I need a change up how I'm approaching this being natural. I want to use natural and organic ingredients. I want to understand more of what I'm putting into my hair. And also too, like I needed to focus on my hair health and not just hair styling. And so you'll see that change happen in my channel even then. And I at first was willing to just buy natural products that existed on market. But the thing is, I was a broke college student. Like at that point, kind of putting it in frame of mind, I was entering, I believe I was in my third year of university at the time. I was working at Olive Garden. I was a waitress there. My husband was working at Papa John's while also in college full time. I was a CNA on weekends. So I did Thursday through Sunday shifts as a CNA. And we threw newspapers seven days a week for years. And so there was no nights missed, by the way, because if you miss the night, someone else can't just hop in and take your route. But that's how my husband and I paid our way through college. And at that time, YouTube for me just became my creative outlet. Like it was just fun. It wasn't supposed to be a business. And then I started making at the same time as going natural and cutting my hair off. I was like, oh, I should make myself earrings. And so I started wrapping earrings from the beauty supply store. I would buy like the hoop earrings and I would buy yarn from Michael's and I started making earrings and then people wanted my earrings. So I created the business Naimani Sheep and it was so cool. Like people to this day, FYI, are like, oh my God, I still have your ringleaders because it was a collectible item. Like I would release them in collections. They would sell out. It was a whole thing. So when I introduced Alec Hay, Alec Hay wasn't supposed to be a brand. I had my Naimani Chic Etsy page where I was just making my fun jewelry and ear cuffs and stuff. And when I did that second big chop and I realized I was like, I got to grow my hair back out because I need to do tutorials and you can't do tutorials bald. (laughs) I was like, how can I get this hair to grow back super fast? And that's how I created my first product, the Essential 17 Hair Growth Oil. But what led me to that was I mixed that product up for myself at first And I didn't tell anyone because again, I didn't even think about having a hair product line. I'm here doing jewelry and trying to make my way to law. Oh, and I was in school for law, by the way. So I was heading to law school. (laughs) I was pre-law. And I was like, well, let me just start doing videos again. And they're like, Rochelle, Black Onyx, Black Onyx 77, your hair is growing back so fast. Didn't you just cut it off like a month ago? What happened? I'm like, oh yeah, I made this oil. And everyone wanted the oil. So me being such a giver, First thought was not to create this as a business. I literally did a freaking tutorial on YouTube teaching people. And a lot of people don't know this. Yes, people missed out on this. Y'all could have had my recipe. (laughs) 
you can add my formula. So yeah, like I did a, I was just like, okay, just like I teach people how to twist. Why not teach them how to make this oil? So I recorded myself in my kitchen showing how to make the growth oil. Nobody wanted that. It's that they were like, Rochelle, this is cute, but we want you to make it for us. So I asked my husband and he was like, listen, we have light bill due next week. We have rent due. As long as you can find the money to do it somewhere else, I will support you all the way. So I traded shifts with my friend Tiffany. And that's how I made that $100 at Olive Garden and tips. I went back. I got some extra bottles because I already had some from when I did my batch. I just bought a couple extra bottles on eBay. I had some ingredients left over. I used my printer at home that I would use to print my schoolwork. And I got some address labels from Staples and Avery labels. That's how I made my labels at home. And that became Alakay. So I put, and it didn't have a name. It literally was just called Growth Oil. And then I named it Essential 17 because I was like, I used 17 essential oils and herbs. So I put it on my Etsy and Nayamani Chic Etsy page. And then before you knew it, I remember going to class and I came back home and I was like, oh guys, by the way, uploading the video, the growth oil has been posted. It's on my, my Etsy. They're like, um, it's saying sold out. SOS help. It sold out when I went to class. So then I just honestly put the money right back in, bought some more bottles, some more oils. And that was the beginning of Allocay Naturals. And so we did that. We, well, we, I did that by myself for a few months. I was making the growth oil. And before you knew it, I was like, well, if I can make an oil and I formulated this for real, and I use my, to be honest, I'm not a chemist, right? The experience that I used was when I was growing up in Jamaica, was I moved to America. I'm an immigrant. I moved to America when I was nine years old. And I remember my yaya, you know, was very much known as the herbalistic doctor. So if someone had a burn, a cut, anything, any ailment, she could mix up something or do something to make your, your ailment feel better. And I figured if she can use those natural ingredients for medicinal purposes, why can't the same stuff work in beauty? And so I went on this now, this beautiful exploratory thing. I made my first hair moisturizer, which is the Shea Yogurt Moisturizer. Then I was like, oh, I can't just moisturize. I need a leave-in. So I made our fame, which is now world-famous, award-winning lemongrass leave-in conditioner. And then I'm like, oh, crap, I got to wash my hair this weekend. I need a shampoo, and I'll never forget this. I formulated our award-winning black soap shampoo at my mom's poolside. I literally... Empty. I went and bought a water bottle from Publix, went by my mom's poolside. It was Thanksgiving weekend. Everybody's inside eating Thanksgiving dinner. I'm out by the poolside, putting stuff in a bottle and shaking it up. And by the time we were done with Thanksgiving dinner, all my family went home with my newly formulated shampoo. Like That is how the beginning of Allocase started. And before you knew it, it was like, I couldn't keep up by myself. And my husband was like, well, teach me how to make the earrings. And so I taught him how to make earrings to help me out. And then he was like, oh, you need help with the products? Teach me how to mix. So then we just started taking turns. So he unofficially became my business partner (laughs) in that way. We just grew it together. And because we were both in school and working so many jobs, we had to just take turns. So we would figure out who has lunch break long enough to come home and pack the orders and drop it off to the post office who would be home early enough to do the labeling and and taping. And because we lived in Tampa, we didn't have any friends and family really around. So there wasn't like, oh, let me call my mom and call family. Everyone closest to us was three hours away. 
And we made that work for quite some time. And yeah, let me stop there. So that's how Alake started. (laughs) I'm so excited to share your story because I think that is so, it's so beautiful and authentic that you were just like, let me just do it and see what happens without this like long drawn out, like plan really, which is so like, you were just present. You were just present and you were just doing what it is that you needed to do. But I love also that you are, really an advocate for all these different types of hair and all the different labels that might be put on it. Right. So for me in 2009, I was on television every single day, rocking a big fro. Yes. And a badass pioneer in that, like you and yourself and your hair. I hope you understand that from the media perspective, you are a part of the natural hair movement as well. Like you helped to pioneer like big fro you and even free as well. Like I can literally in my head say, who were the people that I turned on on TV and said, Oh, Oh my gosh, she has natural hair. And you were one of those pioneers as well. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, and you're right. It was, I've talked to free about it. We both kind of came. Oh, to cool. Okay, cool. Came to it the way you came to your, your industry, your empire, which is, this is just who I am. I want to be authentic with my representation And I'm tired of people telling me I have to look a certain way in order to be accepted. I did the big chop too in about 2003. I was kind of ahead of the big chop thing. I didn't really find myself with like comrades. I was the girl walking down the street, getting all the compliments because I was the only one. Okay. I was the only one. And so it was a big deal for me knowing that there was this industry, there was this whole movement While I was busy working, there was this movement happening. And yes, I always believe if you can see it, you can achieve it, right? If we can see it, we are inspired beyond belief because especially in a culture where in a world where we are always being marginalized, right? We're always being told we can't, we can't. And we're always like, we're extraordinary. What are you talking about? Yes, yes. Regardless of what we, how we rock our hair and what's becoming so clear in 2022 bald, braids, locks, straight, whatever it is, we are going to kill it. Okay. Yes. We're going to kill it. So I think it's extraordinary that you're really reaching out for, how would you describe it? I know the word kink is in there. The way I kind of look at it is, first of all, I call the natural hair movement. And then I think the, the textured hair movement, which is the curly hair movement, they all came together and now I, I just consider it the texture hair movement. And that's kind of where Allocate is. But for us, we name it kinky, curly, wavy, straight. And then we have locks and we added those hair dots to our products. Now, of course, under each umbrella, you can get super specific and they have the coily and the, you know, all the things. I think for us, we didn't want people to get so hung up. And I also understand hair typing and could always discuss that as well, which is the four A's you know, A, B, C. I don't get three, that. A, I, I just, I just don't get it. So don't complicated. It. So and it's complicated. like, I tell people, I'm like, if you just, if you want to just know your hair type so that you can just know it, that's one thing. Literally freaking take a strand of your hair, wrap it around your finger, look at the coil, look at the charts online. You can say, okay, I have tight. I have a curl. It's tight. All right. I'm a three A. If that makes you happy, you're simple. It's so easy to do that part. Now, what happens after that? After you know your hair type, how does that, how does that affect you? Like, how does that build into your regimen? So for us, we focus on the hair type dots because that's our texture 
to us, that's like a better way of like discussing texture. If you're a kinky girl, here are the kinky recommendations that we have. Here are some of the challenges that kinky girls have. Curly hair. Here are some of the challenges curly hair textures have. And if you identify, then great. Here are the solutions that Allocate has for you. More so than becoming so hung up on texture where we now use it as a way to now cause a separation. And I think that that's where people got so hung up on. And to me, I just never understood it. I'm like, just appreciate what you have and yes. love what you have, which is why like it was so important. And even with Alec, Hey, we are so adamant on making sure, even though we we have products for all textures, like kinky, curly, wavy, straight, and locks. We make sure that we represent very well the kinky-haired woman because there were so many brands that just would never post a kinky yeah. girl, ever. And so as a kinky-haired woman, I have to remember, outside of just being a CEO and a brand owner, I'm here creating what I wish existed. And now I'm happy that it exists for others as well. But I remember not seeing reflections of myself. And so that texture animosity, I think also came from people following and trying to emulate styles or looking at people as their, their hair inspo that didn't have a similar texture. And then you feel like your texture is not enough because it doesn't do that. Well, just find someone who has a similar texture to yours and try the style that they're trying, try the method that they're trying. And you're right. It took a long time for us to break down those different categories to understand that what my hair can do is not what your hair can do and vice versa. And that it's not good or bad. It's just different. It's just different. And the thing is too, like, I don't believe in whitewashing or, oh, I don't see color. It's the same way that I don't believe in, I don't see texture. No, our textures exist. Let's identify that they exist. There's a difference in that. But there's also so many beauty in the similarities. And that's where you can then bond and connect. I am a mama bird. Okay, I love my babies. I have Landon. He is my 10-year-old son. So I had Landon when I was 27. So that's part of our journey as well that kind of like aligns with our entrepreneurship journey. So not only were we a new married couple, And then we started our first business together a year after being married. So now you're nurturing a a marriage. Now you're business owners together. And then five years after that was when we became parents and we actually did fertility treatments. So I'm, this is another part of my life that I'm trying to make sure I'm more vocal about. Cause if people know me behind the scenes, I talk about IVF all the time, but I did IUI to have my son and it failed. And then we ended up getting pregnant the next month naturally. And so I was 27. And to be honest, like it was the the weird part is Damon and I were so focused on building Alakay and just going and all the things we needed to do to just keep it moving and growing that we were like, wait, we said we're having kids. Wait, when are we having kids? So we literally, it was like, it was that kind of conversation. Oh my God, are we supposed to have a baby by now? Because I didn't even realize I wasn't getting pregnant because it's just like, you're busy. Oh, yeah. And it's like, wait, we've been married for five, six, five years. Something should have happened. And then that's when going to the doctor, I unraveled the fact that I have PCOS. I have hypothyroidism. I have fibroids. I have all the things. And so I had to do IUI thinking it was my only way to have a baby. Like I said, it failed. We went on a cruise and came back and whoop, I was pregnant. And then our wonderful daughter, Serenity, Fast forward four years after Landon had been asking for a sibling and we always knew we wanted to have two to three children. And so we were like, yeah, we want another baby. Let's do it. And Landon was praying every day for a sister. And so we're like, let's just do IVF. Cause at this point I was not going to do IUI again. And then 
we were blessed enough and fortunate now in our lives where we could afford IVF. When you look at the cost of 20 something thousand dollars, you know, initially when we were having land and we couldn't afford that. So we just decided to go for it. And then after everything, so they retrieved 12 eggs and then I ended up with six fertilized. And then after they went through the one round of testing, we had three embryos left. And the second round of, um, we did the genetic testing because we're like, if we're going to do this, do it all. I had one embryo surviving out of 12. And then when the lady was like, so you only have one surviving embryo for, and I was like, what? And she was like, do you want to know the sex? And I was just like, you know what? Yes. And she was like, it's a girl. I bawled. I bawled because that one little baby happened to be my princess Serenity Sapphire. So that's how, you know, motherhood came about. But our children are involved in our business. Actually, both of our children are employees of our brand. Um, so they do have their titles and they have their roles. And yeah, they they love it. It's pretty awesome. Black <laughs> excellence, baby. I love that. Now, what does allocate mean? That's my middle name, Alakay. And it really does signify light and strength. And that has just been so much a part of who I am and also a part of my journey. And I wanted Alakay to represent what I wanted to bring and contribute to the world. And so naming it after myself was just a part of that. I'm inspired by you guys. It is a beautiful, beautiful story. Thank you so much. I feel like I've known you forever with this conversation. (laughs) Hence, two hours later, girl. (laughs) Two hours later. And I know you got your assistant must have things piling. (laughs) Much love to you. Thank Thank you so much. I'm so excited to get your new hair products for my daughter, especially. But I am so inspired by your story. And I'm so excited that Tashika reached out because you are an absolute mama stay mama bear. So thank Thank you. you. I'm officially a part of the Mama State Club. I'm excited. <laughs> part of the Mom Collective for sure. Yes. That's yes. what it's about. It's creating your own yes. rules. It's believing in yourself beyond what anybody can tell you. And it's yeah. carving your own paths. We need that love. We need that, we need that connection, man, to remind us, like, hey, I mess up too, girl. Like, I'm not perfect too. Like, we're genuinely on this journey together. And it sometimes can feel so lonely at times, you know? I love that you've created this. Yeah. Let's get back to like sitting around the fireplace with aunties and cousins and sisters, you know, all of it and sharing, sharing our thoughts and how to raise our babies, how to take care of our hair, how to do all of the things that we've been so separated about. It's time to get back to that. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to share my story and my journey with your, your listeners as well. Absolutely. Continued success, Mama. And we will talk soon. Oh, yes, we'll talk soon. And your package will be shipping out tomorrow. I can't wait for you to try the goodies. Oh, she was so lovely. I really want to thank her publicist, Tashika, because I wasn't familiar with Rochelle before her publicist reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, I really think She's a great person to talk to for Mama Stay. And Tashika, you were right on the money. I love talking to Rochelle. Actually, we were on Zoom for two whole hours, and we could have talked for probably five more. It was just really fun. It was a really good Mama Kiki. And I learned so much about the possibilities of just being present and just going for it. 
It's really, really cool to hear. We could never hear those stories enough, especially in a day and age where people are in such a dire straits. So thank you so much, Rochelle, your beautiful family. And I'm just going to have to do a part two at some point because the way that she has incorporated her grandparents and her children and her mother into her business, I'm telling you, it's just what life is all about. So Good looking out to Sheikah Brewer. Thank you, Mama. And another thank you goes out to my producing team over at Jenny Media. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Here we are, episode 38. Now, for all of you listening, make sure that you can get in touch with me anytime. I am always on my DMs over at Instagram at Tanika Ray. You can email me at mamastaywithtanikaray at gmail.com. I'm excited to hear from you. I get all these messages. People have other incredible moms they want me to interview. They want to tell me how much they love the episodes. And I love that. It really shapes where we go and who we talk to in the future. We have an eclectic group of moms here, which is the way I like it. No mom is the same. We all have our own fingerprint, blueprint, and our own way of rocking through the world while raising little humans. So thank you for being a part of Mama's Day with Tanika Ray. We will talk to you next week. Much love, y'all. And be safe out there. Yes, enjoy the sunshine. Get your kids outside. Go play. But definitely take care of yourselves. Much love. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift, and you're doing a kick-ass job. So, woosah, and mama stay. Mama stay.